One of the unique things about our faith that we celebrate distinctly at Christmas time, especially, is that God didn't simply send us send us a, a message about how to live. God sent Himself. He came to be with us, and that's one of the unique things that we can experience in church. We experience the incarnation as the Holy Spirit lives among us. And we experience Jesus Christ coming to his bride in the church, even as we wait for more of him and his fullness when he comes back. We can experience Jesus being near to us through the Holy Spirit and others that are different than us. Uh, I'm about to share with you about a man who's going to come and preach the word of God and share with us from God's word. And I've enjoyed my friendship with Scott the last five or six years, simply seeing Jesus show himself and draw near to me in someone that's like me, and yet that's also different than me. That's kind of what church is, right? We have some things in common. We're both white men that tell silly jokes sometimes. Uh, But in some other ways, we're not, we don't have a lot in common. It's funny over the years when I've tried to make a sports reference and he'll kind of tease me about it. And we're, we're very different in some ways. But what makes us closest together is what binds us together in even hard times. And of all the things that I could say about Scott that I admire and that I love as a friend in drawing near to him, his love for the word of God, his grasp of God's word. One of the things that I delight most in is seeing how Scott can go through painful times in his own life and overcome and see the word of God be more true than any sort of inconveniences that he goes through, pain that he goes through. And so I, I look up to Scott as a brother that I can follow in, in so many ways as he follows Christ and delight in his word. And I know that maybe you've, you've never heard Scott preach before, but you have read your Bible before, and he is going to help you to enjoy it so much more this Christmas. Let's give a hand for Scott Morse. If you can't see me, it's probably because the sun is in your eyes and you probably need to move to that side of the building now. I figured there were probably a lot of verses in the Bible that aren't about Christmas that really are about Christmas. So so we're going to look at Luke chapter 13, verses 18 through 21. Let's all stand for the reading of this word to honor the word of God. This is Jesus talking. He said, therefore, what is the kingdom of God like? And to what shall I compare it? It is like a grain of mustard seed that a man took and sowed in his garden. And it grew and became a tree. And the birds of the air made nests in its branches. And again, he said, to what? Shall I compare the kingdom of God? It is like leaven that a woman took and hid in three measures of flour until it was all leavened. 
This is the word of the Lord. Yeah, let's be seated, and we thank you, God, because you're the one who's able to make us understand your word and what it means. In Jesus' name, amen. So Jesus says, right, that's what the kingdom is like. It's like a woman who's making bread. That's the story I'm going to focus on, all right? She is making bread, and she adds leaven to the flour. Leaven is baking yeast. And so if you're like me, Upon reading this, you know, first time, the connection's not entirely clear. Like, you got the flour, you got yeast, and then it's the kingdom of God. And you'd like to have a hint, how does that work? And a hint is provided because this story has a companion story, which we also just read, okay? It's about the gardener who sows a seed, And it's clear that these stories, they go together. They're the same and kind of different. But the more you look at them, they're really actually the same parable. And here's how we're going to get to how could this be like the kingdom of God. We're going to see what does a woman making bread have in common with a gardener who plants a seed? Here's the similarities between the stories. Number one, a person is working on an important task. When you read the parables of Jesus, you're going to find they very often start. That's the setting. That's the first step. The sower went out to sow. A kingdom, a king went to go to a far land to do something. You know, they're doing something important. Number two. This person in these, both these stories, they start with a, like a, a base that hasn't got life in it, okay? And then they put in an, a special active ingredient. So, you know, the gardener, he's just working with dirt to start with. Now, the woman's working with flour. And then that active ingredient goes in, and here's number three that these stories have in common. The active ingredient's in place, but you can't see it. The seed goes into the soil. You don't know. You could be there a minute earlier or a minute later. You don't know the difference. The woman hides the yeast in the flour. And then number four, time passes, and eventually there's a result. Now, in one story, maybe it's weeks, and in the other story, it's hours. But while that seed is hidden, it sprouts. Nobody sees the first part of it sprouting. And then a few weeks later, you have this big, uh, happy tree that's hosting all these birds, you know. It's this big, happy result. And, you know, in the second story, I mean, Jesus, I grew up in a home. Both my parents baked bread. And so I can just smell the bread when I read the story. You know, we know we know what's coming at the end there. So... Summing it up, in these stories, the big idea is a story where someone gets something started. They put in an active ingredient. The active ingredient is hidden at first. And finally, there is a result. So I want to talk more about the leaven. So at the grocery store, 
uh, if you're a baker, you can buy a little packet of powder that says active yeast. If you go to HEB, there are two brands and only two brands. One is Fleischmann's. I can't remember the other one. But they both say active yeast. You got that word? The lady in the story doesn't use either one of these brands. Because <laughs> she is um, what we call old school. You know, what she does, she uses a piece of dough that she reserved from last week's batch. That's what my parents did when they were baking. They'd keep some of the dough, and you call it the starter. And it's got the active ingredient in it. So the woman takes this active ingredient, and she puts it in three measures of flour because... You notice these people are skilled, right? She's measuring her ingredients. Uh, And so she works it into the flour until it's hidden. And then that yeast proceeds to influence the flour. It permeates the flour. It runs all through it. And now what we got is, what, what we have at this point is dough, and it starts rising. So the word leaven... It comes from the same language as the word lift or levitate because it's going to work in that bread and it's levitating that bread. And this happens through bacterial growth. I don't want to get into the details about that because we have quite a few millennials in the room. My advice for you is gluten-free. But, but the point is we, we've got an active ingredient, okay, and it's hidden. And that's like the kingdom of God. Well, that works when you consider that God is often working on a private plan. When Jesus told parables, he had a private plan. In Matthew 13, the disciples ask him, Jesus, why are you telling parables all the time? Only parables for a lot of his ministry. And he says, to keep the meaning hidden. He says... To you it has been given to know the secrets of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. And later, Matthew brings up Psalm 78, which says, I will say things in parables that have been hidden since the foundation of the world. So, yeah, God, he works from a private plan. He did that at creation. It says right at the beginning of the Bible. It says, the earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. Can you spot the active ingredient in that picture? I was thinking Holy Spirit for sure. All right. Think about the day Gabriel came to Mary. And he explained that the Lord Jesus was coming to earth by way of her womanly body. Only there wouldn't be any husband present to do that part, you know. Can you imagine Gabriel being briefed for this? God the Father, I'm sending you to Nazareth to explain things to this young woman. And we need to go over the wording carefully because this is going to be delicate. Tell Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. 
Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Gabriel says, I knew it. You're launching your big plan. This is the end game. God, Father says, um, yes, it's the end game. But Gabriel, you know how I operate. Hardly anyone's going to know. A few will. But as far as the media goes, or the royal palace, this is going to be a total sleeper. You know, in 30 years, some news will start to break. But even then, it won't mean anything to most of the world. But, yeah, this is the end game. So it all goes down. The baby is born. Nobody knows, except some sheep herders. We should call them sheep herders. You know, that's what they are. Christ is, well, they're told by the angel, right, you'll find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and laid in a manger. And so Christ is like the active ingredient. And uh, at the moment, he's a newborn kid tucked away in a manger, in a stable. And in come a couple of... In come a couple of um, Rural types, you know. We heard the news. And years later, the priests are all trying to ignore Jesus, but it's getting difficult. Because uh, you have all these lowlifes who won't stay quiet. Winos. Prostitutes. We heard the news. You're not supposed to hear any news. Well, we heard it anyway. I heard the news when I was 17. Um, I left my mom's house on the East Coast, and I went hitchhiking. And sometimes the people who gave me rides while I was on the road would talk about the Lord, talk about the Bible. So I took a short break from traveling in Wyoming, And I bought a Bible, Old and New Testament, very small pocket Bible, so it would fit in my pack. And uh, after a few months, I continued traveling. But now, you know, there's something different. In my little pack, there's an active ingredient. By the time I get to Texas, I've read um, the, the New Testament, or a big chunk of it, and it has started to permeate my person and permeate my soul. And I don't know what's happening, but I know something is lifting, you know. Yeah. And there I am in a Baptist church in Victoria. Total culture shock. And it's December. And we're singing. How silently, how silently. The wondrous gift is given, so God imparts to human hearts the wonders of his heaven. And God's purpose is now at work in my life. And God's purpose is at work today. Often it's hidden, 
Often, God's work in my life is hidden in hardship. Hardship is the flower in which it's hidden. But when you've known God, you don't say, I guess all this trouble is just happening for no reason. When you've known God, you know something. Here's what Oswald Chambers says. He says, when you've known God, you see everything you are dumped down in as the means of securing the knowledge of Jesus Christ. In other words, you have an active ingredient, and that is God's grace in Christ. And you can know that he always finishes his work. There will be a result, and the result will be redemption and fruition and life. Christmas always comes at the right time.